Hey, Jono, my name is Van der Puchert, and this is a very special episode of Finding Frequency. Jonathan, how are you doing, my man? I'm good. So, for you listening to this, Jonathan is one of my dearest friends. I haven't known him for that long. It's four years, right, Jono? Yeah. yeah. Four years is a fair amount of time, yeah. My brother from another mother, that's what I call you. So... Uh, just a bit of con- context for you listening to this. So I've mentioned Jonathan a, a few times on Finding Frequency. He's a dear friend, someone who influences me all the time, puts me on the straight and narrow, but also someone who is way too humble. I've asked him a few times to give me some of his thoughts for Finding Frequency, and then uh, he says yes, but then continues to do his own thing anyway. So Jonathan, just to give everybody a bit of context, like where are you from and, and like how did we meet? We did meet during an event called UXPoland. Um, at that time, you were talking about your experience as um, as an admin in South Africa. And yeah. uh, I felt like we had things to talk about. So I reached, I reached out to you after that event. And I think a few months later, you came to my city, so I was living in Krakow at that time, and you hit me up, you told me, hey, how about taking a drink? And yes, that's it. Yeah, and then you got stuck with the South African for the rest of your life. That's how we roll, man. (laughs) But um, I mean, that's actually always an interesting point because at this UX Poland event, when I came to Poland the first time, I met my wife voilà. <laughs> and I met one of my best friends. So that is, that is extraordinary in its own. The other thing I wanted to ask you, Jono, is that we've kind of gone through a whole journey with this pandemic. We've spoken about it so many times. We've actually put our own podcast on a little bit of a break because there's so much complexity and things we had to deal with. And I think even in our friendship, we've gone through all ups and downs. But that's not what I want to talk about in Finding Frequency. In Finding Frequency, I believe that there's always something extraordinary, even if it's really small in your daily life. But I wanted to also throw it out to you, Jonathan. Like, what is it that you find extraordinary about your day to day? What is the simple thing that kind of keeps you going? Um, my partner. That's that's it, man. It's um, yeah. Right now, we have been we have been both extremely stressed, like everybody else on this damn planet, right? And despite all of that, we we keep going and, you know, we take each day the way it comes to us. We don't try to overthink it and we try to make the most of it. So um, I feel extremely blessed to have somebody that is my partner and my best friend at that point so yeah that's that's extraordinary that's extraordinary yeah, i i agree with that i mean i've met anetka a few times she is definitely amazing you're a lucky man sir I am. um <laughs> you are very lucky but also you have me as your friend so you're like double lucky double lucky double lucky because i'm so <laughs> i'm so humble you know uh also um i think that the one thing that i wanted to also share here and, and i always share things about my son on finding frequency is um, many a time we all talk and I'll tease him and I'll say to Francie, uh, 
I don't have friends. I don't have friends here. Like, and, and I'll like refer to myself and then pointing out that he's got a lot of little friends. And he'll always turn to me and say, but Tata, you've got guy because he calls Jonathan the guy. You yeah, got the guy, the guy. Jonathan, yeah, the guy. And also this morning okay. when we were walking to the kindergarten, because that's one of the reasons I'm late with our call today, is like we walked to the kindergarten. I said, listen, Franzi, I'm going to talk to my friend Jonathan today. And he says to me, yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. But he's also my friend. So Jonathan, I wanted to like just point out that Franzi also believes that you're his friend. Um, he Fair considers enough. you, Buzz Lightyear, and Woody as his mates. So uh, you're, in, you're in good company, my friend. Yeah, um, uh, I'm... Honored to say the least, uh, next to heroes. I have, I have the whole stories in my DVDs in background. So um, thank you, friends. <laughs> Great. Jonathan, thank you for doing this, my friend. And, uh, and thank you for listening to this. But now Jonathan and I need to go and record an episode of Block Thinking. See you. And listen to Finding Frequency. It's very good. It's very good. <laughs> Thanks, Jono. Let's do this. Hey, Jono, we're back. Finding frequency. We are not dead. We're still rolling. How are you doing, mate? Um, everything is all right. Uh, I am very happy that I'm able to say that in the middle of a pandemic. Um, yeah. It's been, I mean, pandemic and everything else <laughs> that that happened during the last uh, the last year. Uh, it's been a, a ride and not one of those simple rides, you know, not the one from, you know, uh, that was the Disneyland ride. That was yeah. the Universal Studio ride. Um, yeah, that's it. So much have changed since we last did our episode. And also just to give context is that we actually, when the pandemic hit, uh, we did one or two episodes talking about some of our experiences. But then we also decided to put the podcast on hold because from my perspective, and John, I, I would like to hand it over to you as well to make a comment about it. And this is also not what this episode's about, by the way. But I thought that a lot of things were being said by very intelligent people. A lot of tips were being thrown out, a lot of lessons, a lot of virtual events, a lot of content, a lot, too much, too much. And uh, I think in our space, we decided to listen rather than add more to the conversations going on, which might, be, might have been a good thing or a bad thing. But, um, yeah, how did you feel? Like, I mean, we kind of put this thing on hold a little bit. Um, what is kind of your motivation around that, Jono? I know that after the last episode, um, which was pretty heavy in terms of content, yeah, um, yeah, exactly what you said. Uh, there, were, there, there was a lot of um content throughout by very intelligent folks um in my case i decided to you know step back from the news from pretty much everything else because i realized that you know 
it was only causing troubles when it comes to my mental health. Yeah. Like, you know, watching the news every day, seeing, okay, what's next today? What's next today? What's next today? And at the end of the day, what can I do? What can I do? I did what I could. We discussed. Yeah. I shared with my friends. Um, I I did a post on LinkedIn that I might I probably started to not regret, but that caused me troubles also. Yeah. Um, and then I did what I do best. I started to study seriously again. And I found a lot of joy in that. Um, I reworked my productivity process. So if you have been listening to Block Thinking, you know that John and his productivity process yeah, is a amazing story. It puts me uh, to shame all the time. <laughs> Damn it, man. Uh, I'd, uh, I did a lot of soul searching also, you know. Um, and I have to say that um, it resulted in where I am today and I feel great today. I feel absolutely, uh, I feel balanced, first of all. I feel that at the end of my career, I know what I want to do exactly. I mean, I knew, but now I have, uh, you know, I have all the, all the little steps, you know, I'm figuring yeah. it out. I have a long-term plan. I have the support of uh, of my family and my friends. I'm in a great place. I'm in, yes, I'm in a great place right now. And Jonathan, I think what is interesting, I mean, I, I wanted to echo back something that you shared in a sense of, you know, working on yourself and all these things and also mental health. I think the one thing that we kind of touched on and we didn't directly address it, but then it became even one of the reasons we went on a bit of a hiatus with the the, the podcast is that um, I think the one thing that we don't always realize is this pandemic is having a huge impact on mental health. Even with it you does. listening to this, you might not realize it. I, I kind of feel it from time to time. I still count myself as super lucky. I have these certain practices that I try and do to keep my spirits up. Um, I have a wonderful family around me, but... I wake up sometimes three o'clock at night, not in a cold sweat, stressing about something specifically, but I can feel that my sleep patterns aren't working right. I think we are all going through it. And the only thing that you can really do, not that I'm a psychologist or anything, but is to work on yourself. That's a thing that you can change. Um, yep. And uh, I think what, what you've shown me is that you've really slowed down, which is important. Uh, you you can't work on yourself when while the plane is flying is as a term that or a analogy that a lot of corporate people always yeah we have to change the plane's engines while we're flying that doesn't work okay planes fall out the sky you have to slow down reflect take stock and I've seen you doing it um, I think it's still early days for you probably uh, but it feels like you are gaining the traction again and not that we just shut down the podcast because you had a mental break. You didn't. You actually went into a big project. You did some crazy product work, uh, yeah, but yeah. then also slowed down a little bit, right? And I actually want to talk a little bit about that crazy product work because uh, I've I've been uh, lucky enough to see you talk about it in a recent uh, event in Berlin, virtual, like we all have to do these days. Right. Um, can you talk? Can you mention the? The client, can you talk about that for a little bit? Like, um, because you've you've lived the product manager 
startup life for a fair amount of time since we did the last episode. Yeah, um, I have. So when was our last episode? It was around May. Something yeah, it was like, like BLM time, right? When uh, yeah, BLM when time. So up, it yeah. was May. It was May. Yeah. Um, I've been working with that. So around that time, I've been working with that uh, company, Unema, for one year at that time. Um, yeah. I'm still working with them on a more limited, uh, with a more limited capacity. However, I did the bunch of my work with that company between basically around that BLM time, around March. Yeah. So it started in March, um, finished yeah, uh, yeah. around, I don't know, that, that flux around September, something like that. Um, and I had to set up a full marketing team. We set up. Um, yeah, just uh, a bit of context. Marketing. Sorry, Jono. Like I don't want to cut yeah. you off in your, yeah, your th- train thought. Just context uh, for for people listening is that Unima is kind of an e-commerce platform, not yep. kind of is, I, and the 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 specific market that you were talking is Senegal, Africa. Senegal, you know, like introduce. Senegal. Yeah, so just just I just wanted to add that because I don't. Think no, no, that's that's a good them. point. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, yeah, Unima is is. Um, is a is a market you know is in the market of goods of retail in yeah. online retail in uh, in West Africa and specifically Senegal because this is where they are super interesting man I smile super every time you talk about it yeah yeah and and what happened is that during COVID um, it's very difficult to get stuff. It was very difficult and it is still very difficult to get stuff. Um, for those of you who don't really know how the retail market works, one of the main concepts is that you need to secure containers. Containers know to send goods from the US or from Europe. Yeah. But because of that COVID situation, containers came at a premium, are still coming at a premium. Yesterday, there was, uh, no, uh, two, three days ago, Four days ago, uh, the Wall Street Journal published an article, we might put it in, in, the, in the comments, um, about yeah. that very fact, about the fact that now to have place in containers, it's, it's extremely expensive. Uh, the alternative is flights and flight cost went out, I think something like 100%. Uh, it's, it's, it's very expensive to ship stuff. So the supply we had chain. Exactly. And another aspect of COVID is that you have a fixed amount of containers around the world and you know, shippers, they were limited in capacity. And most of that capacity was, um, I will say, reserves to wealthy countries because it's a yeah. marketplace who can pay half stuff, which means that to get any any sorts of thing in, uh, in uh, poor countries, you know, South America, Africa, um, it was, it, it is very difficult to this day. It is very difficult. Yeah. So we had to figure out, okay, how, how do we survive? Clearly put, you know, how do we survive? We are selling things, but we don't have those things and it yeah, takes forever. Things, yeah. Um, so we, we did, we, 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 we pivoted, I mean, that was planned, but we pivoted toward a marketplace much earlier than what we thought. 
and it has been uh, it has been a great experience. I've been involved with an amazing team uh, there. People were super motivated. It's been it's been good. It's been good. I gained a ton of experience about the field of you know e-commerce, retail, SEO, yeah. sales, all of all of it. Um, so I value that experience. I, I appreciate it, and uh, and yeah, and. The company is still alive, so I guess it's a success. <laughs> yeah, you did a good job there. And uh, just uh, just for clarity, like when you say pivoted to a marketplace, is that the, just for my understanding and for the other people who are like me who are sometimes a bit slow, uh, the marketplace is like what Amazon's doing where you actually open it up to other vendors to come in, right? And then sign like, your exactly. platform. Exactly, right. like Amazon, like Allegro. Okay, great. What we realized was that we were not the only people stuck with uh, the COVID situation. There were a lot of folks living in Senegal, living in in the the country around Senegal, Mali, and they had goods and they couldn't sell their goods because of, you know, um, yeah. you couldn't get out as easy as that. You couldn't sell. Markets were closed. So we have a platform, right? So how about proposing them to sell their goods on our platform? And there are a lot of logistical issues to manage because you need to think that a lot of those folks are unbanked. So how do you manage that? How do you manage delivery? So we had had challenges. We had to adapt also the platform. It's something we always wanted to do, but that was planned for 2022, you know, 2023, something like that. Not as early because you need to have uh, a lot of market share before starting a platform because what you're selling is trust. At the end of the day, people are going to buy through your platform because they know, okay, this brand is solid. I can buy that through them and I know I won't be scammed, right? This is why yeah, people yeah, in Poland that's use Alibo. Yeah. That's why people are using Amazon Marketplace because, you know, if something goes wrong with, our, with your item from Amazon Marketplace, you know that you you will have the ability to send it back yeah. and it will be fine. So we did that. We did that. Uh, it's still work in progress. There is still a lot of education to do. Um, it's a very manual process because you need to contact companies and we are creating a curated marketplace so we don't allow anybody to sell on the platform. So I've been involved with that project. Uh, I I mainly helped aside of experience design, of course, but mainly with building the teams. So building the marketing yeah. team. I wanted, yeah, you know, I wanted to remark on that because I feel like you went in as a designer, as a as a kind of initially yes, designer, product designer, exactly. Kind of you know, but the thing is, like, I mean, you say product designer, but yes, but now, like, listening to how you talk. Because I like I want to push you into the behind the scenes, <laughs> but when I listen to you, what you, but when, when you're talking, you you're talking about market business, um, how this the 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 service and and products relate to the to the to the customers, uh, and I must say, dude, like that's one thing I've seen change is that you really do start to sound like a product manager, and I yeah, feel like I mean, that's. That's what You've I, kind of been I mean, pushed into that world, right? That's, I, I've been living between worlds for the past decades um, because before being a product designer, right, I was a BA 
and a business analyst, sorry. Yeah. And before being a BA, I was um, a business intelligence developer. Um, and PM is basically a blend of all those worlds. You know, when you are PM, you live between yeah. business, design, and technology. Those are and your three planets, I would say. Uh, so you need to be able, those three, three planets, you know, you have people with different languages and different cultures. And you, as a PM, you're supposed to be able to speak their language and more than that, make them work together. Yeah. So they need all to trust you. Um, that's what I that's what I bought at Unema. I did that also when I was at BBH under the business analyst name, but now I, I realized it was exactly Strange the same Strange how this works, stuff. man. But did also... Uh, and yeah. Sorry, man, I'm like talking over you. It's no, been a no. while. Sorry. It's, uh, yeah, I need to get my, uh, my microphone and uh, interview etiquette in order here, guys. Um, the thing is, uh, I just want to throw in this one comment, which is interesting, like going, seeing you go through the experience with Unema. Um, recently, I did a live stream because I'm messing around on LinkedIn with Jeff Box, a mutual friend of ours, and you're going to be joining one of those very soon with him. Um, and to do, to get him on, and there's a point to this little tale is that to get him on the stream, I also had to go and do a bit of research about his background. And he's a, he was a content creator, like way before I even thought of doing a podcast or anything. And I tracked down an interview he did, and I can't remember it was with some kind of mature company. I, I don't know why I can't remember the actual company now. It's like, was it Yahoo or something? I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. But he was doing an interview with this guy in 2007. 2007, right? That's, it's like, a, like for me, it's like eons ago, right? Mm -hmm. And their topic was how UXers are migrating their roles and becoming product managers. <laughs> and I was kind of so shocked about it, dude. Like, because honestly, with you and me working on product development days for a couple of years and, you know, like product management wasn't really on my radar, even though some of the things that I've done has touched on that role and you've kind of dropped into it now. But I, I thought it was like a new conversation and it's actually like a really old thing that's on the radar and being discussed and being thought about like for a long time. Yeah, I, those were like in our field with UX, those were always existed. We put a nomenclature, um, an organization, I would say more than a nomenclature above, above those, but you always had that guy that was more or less working with people from all fields. They were, yeah. they were, might be part of a UX team, but you had that UXer, you had that designer who uh, was more, you know, who had appetence with technology. That guy was, oh, you, you know the developers, go go explain them. Or, yeah. Oh, you know the business guys. I go talk to the business guys. You always had that guy in companies. And now the product world exists. I mean, the product world exists since for, for forever. Um, however, now we really created that structure in which you have an individual or multiple individuals in a company that are going to be focused on a single product so that they are not stretched in other parts of, uh, of the yeah. business. And what they are going to do at the end of the day, they are going to be, have to understand and define the problems that they are facing with that, problem, that product they are going to need to understand user needs. That's, yeah. going to be, that's going to be critical for them. Then they need to know their products 
and novel competition. That's one of the key parts that really doesn't exist with most Some technologies. Some of the business world. taste coming in there, right? Exactly. They need to they need to be able to do you know market studies and do a competitive analysis. And finally, while not being part of any team, they need to make everybody, you know, register to their plan to the future. So you need to yeah. basically build authority via your why, not your title, because you're not a CEO, right? But you exactly. can build authority with your why. You're going to follow me because thanks, I'm going to do storytelling. Being a good product managers are amazing storytellers. Yeah. I'm I'm seeing somebody like Satya Nadella, the CEO of uh, Microsoft, who was uh, head of product for Microsoft before that and who was a product manager before that. And and when you listen to him, he sells you the dream. Like he's really, really good. Yeah. at explaining, at all of that. You think about somebody like Steve Jobs was a product manager at the end of the day. Yeah. Jude and wasn't, this, Jude wasn't think, a developer. Yeah. And wasn't the thing a is, designer. What, yeah. yeah. Go, go on, go on. Because we, we sometimes think he's a salesman, but I, he's actually a, a no, product manager in a way. Is, because absolutely. I, I find like it's, the, and I've seen it now, and I had a conversation yesterday with, with someone kind of in this field, and I feel like, sometimes I feel like my my, uh, my background's a mess because of all the experiences and, and you also arguably, you're a bit more organized than me, but there's this broad set of influences. And I think that is the thing that makes this interesting for people like us is that um, uh, I feel like what I've learned in a couple of weeks now is like a product manager is not necessarily someone who has the depth, but more has the breadth of different perspectives, right? You, that's what you bring to the table because like listening to you talking about the business of UNEMA, then talking about the culture of the country, culture of, because one, one of the things we also discussed a lot is like the culture of the team, because I mean, you didn't have teams in Poland, you didn't have teams in the state, you had, you had people in across the globe, but then specifically also people in Senegal and their values and the way they want to work with you and the team is completely different. And, and perhaps you need to invest a bit more time or, so it's, it's, you know, there's this whole broad set of things that you need to consider as a product manager, right? Exactly. Exactly. I the, the that aspect, you know, the people aspect of product management, to me is the most important. I am I'm, I'm a zealot when it comes to that. Yeah. <laughs> I really like to emphasize that, um, despite the technologist view of product manager, which is influenced by the fact that most product managers are recruited from engineering school. Most, I, I will say most, if you check today, you go on LinkedIn and you research product managers' jobs, they are going to require an MS in um, some background in, you know, technical expertise. Because yeah. initially, product managers were, co- were, going, were coming from that field, you know, for, in the car industry, for example. You needed, this was so technical that you needed, you know, the, you needed to know, you know, that school is going there and this is linked to a supply chain and you couldn't just yeah. go out of business school whatsoever. Um, in my case, the difference, the difference is that I worked professionally as a designer, I worked professionally as a business guy and I worked professionally as a developer. So that helped me create empathy with, I know, our life is terrible in all of those worlds, right? Exactly. So yeah, you can I, see you, you, you felt the pain. I, yeah, I, I love that. I felt the pain. It's exactly yeah. the word. Because unless felt you the felt the pain, you don't know. You don't know. Um, 
So that's that I believe would help me, you know, to naturally evolve toward towards that. And I have a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun because it's a world that requires human interaction, but is not based on that. You see what I mean? It's not you're not yeah. you're not HR, right? You you come there with a goal. You don't because you're not part of any team directly. You're not considered as a possible enemy. I, I, I enemy might be strong, but you know the politics in companies yeah, and when I you know, have people above like... you, you're not. You, people don't see you that way. So they are much more open. I will uh, to discuss with you than discuss with your manager, which is weird in a way. But I, I, yeah, I, I, I will take ally, it. Not, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I will take it. Um, and then, and then, uh, one of your role is to share that success. So you, yeah. you're not an arbiter of death, you know, uh, you're not from finance or whatsoever. Not saying that all finance people are arbiter of death. We love you finance guys. <laughs> um, They're not even listening to this. They're counting money. Uh, actually, with the <laughs> night. Oh, oh, worrying the about money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So so yeah, yeah it's been it's been uh it's been uh interesting. I've been doing recently some trainings. Um I did the product strategies course from nice. Professor Galloway, Scott Galloway. Yeah, you were, you were, I wanted to ask you about it, but I don't want to like dip into it because uh you know sometimes things are private. You don't want to put it on the www. No, that's, www, no, that's cool. Do you say that's that cool, you enjoyed cool. that? I en I loved it. I that was one of my best learning experience. Probably my favorite online yeah, probably my favorite online learning experience ever. Ever. Yeah. They've got a nice they've I've been looking at their brand strategy thing. Um that that because I've I've kind of touched a little bit of brand stuff in the last couple of weeks. My old kind of vibes and I I really enjoy that because I think uh sometimes in in even in the world of product people forget about brand and the importance of brand because brand is not just a logo it's also what you stand for what you believe I mean, in what so, what is the brand at the end of the day the brand is the is the promise that you give to people about yeah. their interaction with your product that's what you do when you have a brand you're basically oh I'm buying that so I should experience this sort of yeah. I'm buying Amazon what what is the brand promise of Amazon? I'm going to have my my good fast. I'm going to be able if and if there is any issue, it's going to be sorted out. Yeah. I buy Hermes. What is I mean? No, let's not go in luxury. That's that, not my yeah. Yeah, listen, John. There's something I wanted to ask you, right? Which is um, it's kind of a bit of a side question, but I'm selfishly want to ask you this here. Damn it. I keep on forgetting to put my, my uh, Siri on. Um, anyways, let's continue. It's annoying. But what I wanted to ask you selfishly, because it's a topic that's been coming up a few times and we, we didn't have a time, chance to discuss it, and maybe it's, it'll be valuable here, is um, the, you know, just looking at things a little bit from a UX perspective. So my, my background was like this. We had a UX team, and there's going to be a point to this, we had a UX team. They had their leadership. They, you know, like there was a lead UX. They had researchers, all these different kind of roles, and they were a team. Hmm. And then we had a development team. And then 
in some stages you will have people, and this is not consulting, but you had people going off and doing work for a client as a UXer, right? But then you also had projects where there's a development of a platform or e-commerce thing where you had a team that consists out of a scrum master, a developer, a UXer, and maybe yeah. a front-end guy, or and then maybe a UI person, whatever, right? Um, and I've I've spoken to a few people during the course of since we last recorded this, and they, they, they feels like, I mean, I thought we we moved past it, but there's still a struggle to figure out how to set up those kind of teams. So, I mean, and I want to kind of dip into how you guys did it at Unima because. In a way, you know, maybe I need to shut up and, and hand it over to you. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, how do you set up that team? Because, I mean, you've been a product manager, but I also felt like when we spoke, you also took care of the, the UX slash, uh, you know, design and yeah. interface guys. You took care of them from a manager perspective, but then also they had to slot into an agile kind of thing, you know, like, or flow like what kind of model did you guys take like to 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 set this up to make this work so i it starts with documentation i do believe that the onboarding experience is going to shape shape um how somebody is going to understand your value or not so i started basically creating i always created a lot of documentation right and that documentation while it doesn't really sometimes make sense during meetings because people are like oh it's fresh in our head or whatsoever when we had to onboard new folks i was able to tell give them that kind of journal it's like you know your diary oh this is the diary of the company you're going to know all their secrets what happened with that diary and you will be up to speed um, I really believe in journaling for products. I mean, journaling in life in general, uh, but for yeah. products, um, it helps people to understand the choice you made so that they don't, you know, it's like an FAQ, but for your product. So when we onboarded new folks, we had a lot of documentation to give them. So, you know, to ease their entry in the company. I really liked that when I worked for corporations. They did have they did have a lot of documentation, but let's be honest, it was more about stroking their own ego um, and yeah. telling how amazing they were and how you know all of that than the product you would be working on because that's normal because they didn't have uh, that. It's a team related thing, and being in a startup allows you to do to create those this sort of document. And then once that was done, I so in my, at, at the height of it in my team, there were four folks, three internals, two externals, uh, five, five, sorry. Um, yeah. So the three internals had, in addition to, you know, retrospective and sprint planning and the standard agile stuff, had one or one with them um, where the goal was not to talk about work. Like it was dedicated time. If they wanted to talk about work, that's okay. We, 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 there was some components. So you kind of my, you split the work and the yeah. personal improve or, or professional improvement exa- things. Professional kind of, improvement. Yeah. It's exactly that. Uh, because I wanted them to grow professionally. 
because my yeah. belief in in um, my belief in success is that you can succeed only if everybody around you is raised up. It's when everybody is raised up that you will be able to raise up. Not by, you know, working on bodies of people and just, you know, backstab your way. You can succeed like that. I mean, a lot of people succeed like that. But that's just the way it is. However, I do think there is a parallel, uh, another way to do that. Um, I was influenced by my own, you know, my own philosophical beliefs if i can if i can say that yeah. but also business folks uh, i'm thinking about the recently decided uh, ceo of marriott who had that same philosophy in, in hotel management that was somebody that really tried to you know push people up and uh, he was one of the most loved ceo of companies in the us yeah. because of that i'm thinking oh and now i have um I mean, there are a few CEOs that really succeeded, that became billionaires without killing people, without pushing people to their maximum. Yeah. I do, I do believe that there is a model. Those people might not be in the news because, typically, they are not the ones that are going to do controversial stuff that's going to make the news. But they are still going to make money, right? And they are still yeah. going to succeed. So we had those meetings, and during those meetings, and I still have those meetings. I mean, it's not weird. We have those meetings. Uh, and during those meetings, I I ask them to basically what what are your issues right now, yeah, at work or in life, and I see if I can help thanks to my experience yeah. or thanks to um, the books that I'm reading. So we do a lot of uh, it's kind of a book club with multiple people at this point, <laughs> wow, and dude. we exchange yeah. we exchange books, we exchange advice. I am able to give them my 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 opinion and um, and I but feel you, comfortable. Tell me, would you sorry like would you say that this role that you're playing to nurture the team is that a is that a product manager role or is it a head of a head it's, of the design it's, team role. No, it's a, it's a, I do be, it's more, a, I mean, I'm head of platform for that, for that thing. Yeah. So that's more head of role. I want people to um, grow professionally, especially in our context. There is something that Peter Phil says that I really like. You like quoting him, right? And he's like, like one of your non, you know, he's not one of your favorite people in the world, but you he's quite not like one, to quote. He's not one of, one of my favorite people, but... <laughs> He's brilliant. What what can I say? Mm. He's using his brilliance for ways that I would not agree. No, like I also unfortunately like refer to him a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he has he has this uh, he had the gift to. I mean, there is some stuff. I mean, there is some stuff wrong, but I'm not going to quote that obviously. But the yeah. right stuff, I have no issues to quote it. Um, he's talking about startups and he's saying that. It's very any point of working with people that you don't enjoy at the end of the day. Yeah. There, so you should make sure that the people you work with, work with are people you are going to enjoy spend time together. Now, 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 now. One way big difference between Peter Phil and I is that the way, not only him, but all the Hacker News crowd, the way they see it is that 
I need to find people that are exactly like me, who like Tolkien, and I like Tolkien, okay? But who are those, like, very 80s... Yeah, ways like in, a click. Yeah, ways in the uh, Bay Area, so that I don't have to yeah. do any effort for them to become friends, right? Yeah. I'm coming from a very different background from, from him. I'm a, I'm a Creole. Uh, what we call by Creole is that I have no idea of my ancestry because part of it was um, Indian immigrants, part of it, um, um, most of it was African slaves, and a tiny part of it were uh, colonizers, right? Who went their way. Um, so when I grew up, I am extremely lucky to have not, you had to mesh with everybody else. Yeah. You had, I mean, you didn't even think about it. It was just the way it was. You know, we didn't, we weren't. Um, so it's when actually I interesting. See, I mean, we never spoke about it. Like, it is interesting. You're, you're, you kind of have this in your DNA, like yeah, having um, a broader kind of acceptance I mean, and, you know, ability to connect. I mean, half my, I mean, a quarter of my family is Indian. Like, they are, they are Hindu, Hinduist and, and, I mean, they were, not anymore, but, you know, Indian. Uh, part of my family is white, you know. Part of my family is very black. Uh, so I want to see one of your family parties, bro. And, that must be crazy. Even more than <laughs> that, they don't have the same religions all over. Yeah. So those barriers that, and they were not born and raised with, more, more importantly, other than that, because ways, whatever. But more importantly, they don't have the same culture. Yeah. And still, they work together. I saw that model you know, working all my life. I saw people from different culture, religion, uh, ethnic background, work together and not even raise those issues. So what, what happens in the Silicon Valley is that they want clones of themselves. And I would say in banking, it's pretty much the same. You basically want people different, but the same inside, kind of, yeah. right? I've seen it's it, corporations. I've seen this is capitalism in yeah. corporations. You want to, to create that stuff. And me, because cloning I equals think, scaling, right? So, like, yeah. if I can clone, <laughs> if if I can have five Jonathans, it means I can do more, which is not actually true in a, in the sense not. of innovation, right? It's not. It's very so. like I didn't. I think we'll go there, but it, that, I mean, I think this is also something that happens in Central Europe, um, and and we we actually attended an event together where one of the university professors in 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 Poland actually spoke about it. I can't remember his name now. But he said that that is a huge barrier to further oh, yeah, innovation within cent in Central that. Europe is the fact that, you know, like when you sit around the table, you have many of yourself around the table. You know, people with the same culture, same color of skin, same kind of language. And I mean, even for me on a whole different track, I mean, I'm doing all these like design tool videos and LinkedIn and going crazy. And fundamentally, dude, most of the tools, if you really go to the core of what they're trying to do to help people be creative, is to try and make a new connection in the mind because we have this propensity, because it's also easier for your brain, to think the same way all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like it's less energy yeah. to, you know, if, you know, to do certain things in the way that I speak or whatever, it's much harder for me to to speak a bit more intelligible uh, and, and use better words because I just sound like a, like a crazy South African. But you use these tools to try and knock your brain out of this kind of 
Thought, There's a better yeah. word that I'm not getting yeah. onto here, but you know, the set ways of thinking. And I think uh, talking about what you're saying and bringing this mixture of perspectives into the room, which sounds great, but we're not doing it. And, you know, empowering more female and bringing these things together is going to make you produce better products. Yeah, I, um, I, I strongly believe in that. I'm seeing, I mean, my team, uh, my team, we had folks from Poland where Christian Polish folks. My team in Senegal is African Muslim. Uh, the managers, are, um, one of them is American. And it still worked really well because you focus on what makes you, what creates togetherness and not on, yeah. or, on what may what is different. And once you focus on that togetherness and you realize, you know, they do the same. Everybody is the same. We all have 99% of what we do is the same stuff. And we all focus on the 1% of difference. Yeah. Um, so, and it worked well. I believe that I, I believe it seems that I can manage teams thanks to, thanks to my ability to recognize that, to, yeah. to, you need to, to be switched on to listen it, right? to them. I think it's yeah. listening at the end of the day. It's being, yeah. li it's listening, respecting their experience, you know, respecting what they have to bring to the table and, and, and being like nobody, everybody is, might be smarter than me. That's, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. So sit down, listen, try to learn from them. If you have something to give them, help them. Sometimes you just need to listen. Very often you just need to listen being uh yeah. being as a you know a, a board a reflection i don't know how to call that and that's enough uh i know i have i've still contact with people i stopped to work with for almost a year and and it's still uh, that says fantastic. a lot that says a lot right like um, your team's still connected connected with you and you've built relationships beyond the so product. so yeah, I, I will say to come back to your previous question, if it's a job of I think PM should have part of that, because when when you're a PM, you need people to follow you, in a way you need people to believe. You yeah. don't want engineers to be like, oh, he doesn't know shit anyway, he doesn't understand us anyway, or he's not understanding what does he know about the product. Yeah. I have a good example about that. I have a good example. I was working on that product for the bank for BBH at that time. And you read that case study. And uh, it was a project, project management tool that we built internally. And we had the developers who were not convinced, to say the least, about the utility of that tool. tool. So how did we create empathy? I booked their time, you know, put some cookies. <laughs> And I sit them in a room and I and I demonstrated how people are using the product right now. And this changed them because then I was able to create empathy and they realized that at the end of the tool, there is a human being that is struggling. And once you create that connection, they don't do the same job. They're like, there is a mission. I might work for a you know, faceless capitalist company, but there are still human beings inside the company. And they still yeah. struggle and they still have a and life also, and they have a face. And also the other thing is also, which is important, is that you as a human being, as a designer, developer, or whatever, is also doing something. 
So it's up to you. And we spoke about it right in the beginning. It's like, what are you personally doing? Um, I mean, arguably not all of us designing the next insurance application is thinking that we're going to change the world. However, your own contribution might not be appreciated by your boss, but your own contribution is still your own contribution. And you're putting your name on that and you're adding that in. And I think if you have the ability to show people that their contribution means something, you know, that is already a step in the right direction. You just said something that is that is brilliant about your own contribution and not referring to your boss. If you do your job based on only based on what is going to be seen well by your boss, you might have a good career. You will never feel fulfilled. But yeah, that, that's my. I mean, it's it might be different for some people. Money and financial success is the main thing so yeah. hey po- power to you power to you people yeah. um however what i'm seeing right now is a ton of people between 40 and 50s and even 60s or even my i mean even older than that being like ah i wanted to learn that skill or i wanted to do that stuff and i and and oh yeah but to get to management or to do that i will yeah, you made your choice at the end of the day. Yeah. You, and also, you exchanged something for something. Another thing I would also say, and this is probably the toughest thing because there's also arrogance in our industry sometimes, uh, is also to realize that sometimes your, your contribution might not be recognized, right? But the thing is, the, the, the important thing that I feel, and this is coming from an ad man who's done the same campaign seven times, I mean, we, you know, we had these cycles of selling a credit card every year at a certain period of time. And, you know, of course, the results gets measured. But the thing is, I knew that for the first two years I was annoyed. But then I started thinking, okay, cool, what is going to be my contribution in the, in the third year? What is going to be the different contribution in the fourth year? And no one really kind of spotted the contribution or cared about the contribution, but you know what? I learned something from that contribution. You know, yeah, if I uh, tweak something, if I tweak something, what happens? I mean, I, I'm not documenting anywhere. I'm just seeing what that contribution does, how it affects. No one cares. No one says a hey, little pat on the head, well done, Vanner. But that contribution is actually what allows me to become more experienced, yeah. get insight. You know, and that's the growth yeah. aspect. I, I think I was I was I, I did a, I did a mistake. I was a little too negative just earlier when I when I expressed uh, when I expressed that feeling. Uh, I'm going to try to to fix that because you just put me on the right track. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's, John. <laughs> no, no, no it's it's um, what you do is going. You need to celebrate your personal success. Even if others don't see them and feeling bad about it, you, you, you should. I mean, it's very difficult. I mean, I did that for 30 years, so it's very difficult to tell to other people over the podcast, don't feel bad. Um, yeah. However, there will be a point, I, prom- I promise, I promise, there will be a point if you do that exercise within you of recognizing your work where you will realize all the contribution you did to your own skill set to your own well-being at the end of the day um 
And you will realize also that the joy is in the journey. Exactly, dude. And I think that is a great way to, 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 to end this session. Um, I think we could, we could speak even more. And I, hopefully we'll, we'll actually start getting the show back up. I think there's a lot of questions around this world that we can explore more and we, we can discuss that. But we wanted to just pop into the feed, say, hey, we're still alive. We're still rocking and rolling. Jono is changing some stuff up. I'm trying to be Mr. Livestream guy and Tim the tool man on LinkedIn and having fun and getting input from Jono. Um, Jono, perhaps just before you go, uh, what's next? Uh, you know, um, and also we need to add all this stuff to the show notes. There's a few topics we need to just add to the, to the things. Uh, you know, your articles and your training and uh, perhaps uh, where people can go watch the video where you talk about your NEMA itself. You really dip into okay. the kind of, I think that would be a valuable thing to, to watch uh, from, from that perspective. But uh, what are you up to next, dude? What's, what's happening? Right now I'm doing some um, um, mainly design freelancing, um, which is pretty cool. Um, not what I want to do long term, but it's enjoyable and it pays the bills, so why not? Um, yeah. Aside of that, um, continue to read and more about building, learn about building amazing products. So I did that certification. I'm reading. I mean, you can see behind me a few product books. That yeah, are you, in you my, need to dip because you list. show me new books every time I talk to you. So start reading them, damn it. I, I do, I do. I just buy new ones. That's the thing. <laughs> um, and uh, keep on and, um, up. and yeah, I'm I'm spending a lot of time. Uh, one of my 2021 objective is to spend more time on doing my favorite hobby, which is reading fiction books. So I've nice. been starting on a very good with them. Uh, I recommend. Uh, I wanted to tell you that actually, you need to read educated. Educate. You absolutely need to read that book. It's um, link it's in the show notes. It's a transformative. It's a transformative book. I will. I will. Uh, yeah, we will discuss about that offline. Uh, yeah, it's probably the best book I read the last for the last five years. Uh, nice. I I always uh, take up your recommendations. Amazing. You know, I do. Amazing. They're always really spot on. Tara Westover educated. Yeah, so that's it. So I'm reading, studying, and. Um, I'm doing some freelance stuff and we'll see, we'll see what lives push me next. The good thing is yeah. that I'm in a good place. So that's probably the most important. And that's why we did this episode. We should call it the good place. The good place. <laughs> Just once again, uh, my name is Van Puchert. My friend is Jonathan Gull. You've listened to a snippet, a taste of my little project called Finding Frequency. I messed up the name there where I try and record something every day because I'm the same mission as Jonathan. I'm trying to see the good in this crazy world. So uh, you can find me there if, you, if this is the kind of stuff you want to listen to, but perhaps not. Then this has been Block Thinking with Van Bucher and Jonathan Gull. You can find us on Anchor, where we currently live. Um, you can also uh, follow me on LinkedIn, where I do more content, and I want to invite you to join me there. Because I need more audience members. Jonathan is the only one at the moment there, so please nah, go and is follow. That and cool? <laughs> a lot of people. Come on. <laughs> so uh, that'll be cool. And then also, Jonathan, I hope that uh, we'll be back again because I think there's a lot of questions that that still needs to be touched on, and they they start to resurfacing now in this new world that we're living in. 
with all its new complexities and uh, perhaps we can bring some friends on to talk about that a little bit when we yep. are ready um, but let's wrap this up because I want to continue for two more hours talking and flapping lips but we need to earn some money so we can pay the rent right. Jonathan thank you so much sir thank Ciao. you